0: Sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to another episode here at the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 190. I took a rare week off last week. Hope you all did well without an episode to listen to. For those of you that are slightly new to the podcast, missing a week is a rare occurrence. I think it's happened about two to three times, maybe, maybe two to three times in the last three and a half years since I started the podcast. This time around, it was because I was just getting some special episodes prepared and needed to do some internal housekeeping, which uh, is needed from time to time here at the back of the range. Basically, I had to do a clean pick and tidy things up. So for those of you that have ever worked at a driving range in the past, there you go did a clean pick I hope that you all enjoyed the Masters this year I have to say I was really happy that Hideki won he has been labeled as one of the best players and never have won a major for quite some time I can't imagine how much media scrutiny that guy has received during his career he had a four-shot lead heading into the final round I'm so glad he pulled it off you know maybe it wasn't the most dramatic finish and yes he doesn't quite have the same amount of juice as you know Spieth or McIlroy or Dustin Johnson but I can't imagine anyone would be rooting against Hideki Matsuyama, so glad to see him capture his first major. All right, so here's the game plan for me for the next week and a half. I'm running over to Naples, Florida, just across Alligator Alley, if you know you know, to shoot some photos of the practice rounds at the Terracotta Invitational. One of the best amateur tournaments in the country played at Naples National. Can't wait to check that place out. Some of their former champions are guys like Peter Uline, who just won this past weekend at the Corn Ferry Tour event in Vegas, Matt Kuchar, Justin Thomas, and some former guests of the back of the range, Sean Knapp and Gene Elliott. So they have a great field each and every year. This year it's even better because many of the guys that are playing the Walker Cup this year are actually heading down for one final competitive tune-up before heading to Seminole. Hagestad and Strafacci will be in the field as well as some of the gb guys. Some of the best mid-ams in the country will be there. Today's best juniors like Preston Summerhays will be there. Incredible field. Really looking forward to seeing this place. Special thanks to Denny Glass, their tournament director, for having me. So, as always, make sure you are following along on Instagram this week. Plenty of photos and videos coming your way. Now, why am I only there for the practice rounds? Because I was already planning on heading to Dallas again, and Merido Golf Club, again, for the U.S. Women's Four Ball. 64 teams comprised of the best amateurs in the world will play two rounds of stroke play. From there, half the field advances to match play. Hopefully, I will be able to provide some inside-the-ropes coverage with plenty of interviews. Should be a lot of fun, and as you know, I love heading back to Merido. Whenever I'm there, they make me feel like part of the family. Can't say enough nice things about them. So again, follow on social media. I'll be out and about doing some photography work. But while I'm doing that at Merido, I'll still be releasing episodes to get you ready for the Walker Cup. Remember, it is May 8th and 9th at Seminole Golf Club, and it will be televised on Golf Channel. So plenty of episodes coming your way in the next couple weeks. On to this week's guest. If it wasn't for an injury that he's battling right now, David Ford would easily be considered one of the favorites to win the terracotta this year. And why? Well, he is the top-ranked junior in the AJGA right now. After a four-win season in 2020 capped by a dominant performance at the Tournament of Champions, he really was the face of junior golf in the United States last year. I spent some time with him at the South Beach Invitational at the end of 2020, as well as some time with him and his twin brother at Merido. This is another great episode for parents and juniors. You'll hear how David and his family navigated their way through junior golf and found the right fit for him. Ultimately, he decided on the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. That's where he's playing his collegiate golf. Remember, not everyone out there is going to play in a D1 program. Not everyone is the top-ranked junior in the country. But I think you'll enjoy this episode and especially David's mindset and approach to his golf career. You're going to see a lot of him and his brother Maxwell on the biggest amateur stages in the country over the next few years. And while 2023 Walker Cup seems like a mile away, there's a strong possibility that you might see the Twins donning stars and stripes on the old course in a couple of years. So let's get started. David, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm okay. I mean, Happy New Year. We're, we're out of 2020, thank God. I know that it, your year ended down in Miami, as, uh, as mine did as well, as far as covering golf. And now we're into 2021. You are, uh, you were, I think, the first junior golfer I've had on this podcast. This is like over 175 episodes. So let's, let's get something straight right off the bat. I'm not going to make fun of you for being super young, which means, of course, you're not going to make fun of me for being super old. So can we both be men about this and, and just can we can we exist and move forward in that way? Yes. Sounds oh, like a point. OK, I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. So um, people are wondering why, uh, you know, why have someone on, uh, from junior golf on the podcast? Well, um, you're the number one ranked junior in AJGA right now. You have this incredible 2020 career. Our 2020 season, I rather, and we'll definitely get into some of these tournaments and some of the scores that you shot. But as we kind of like to do here is get a little bit of a backstory about how you get into the game. We need to talk about your siblings as well, but talk to me about Peachtree Corners in Georgia, where you live and perhaps how golf became so important to you.
1: Yeah. Well, where I live, there's a lot of competitive, competitive junior golfers and even pros and amateurs around here. Um, but the junior golf program where I play at Atlanta athletic club is really strong. Um, there's, I think there's, I don't know, there's a lot of us in the top hundred within top hundred in the rankings. Um, a lot of junior golfers, probably five or six of us in the top hundred within 15 minutes of me. Um, so that kind of grew my love for the game. I think having those people to compete with um, like my brother, a kid named Bruce Murphy, um, just anyone I could find to compete with. There were always, there was always good talent around me. Um, and I could basically feed off them, um, and try to get better that way. But my dad brought me out to the golf course when I was pretty young, I think seven or eight. Um, and I think we just kind of messed around as you would at eight years old. And then I played roller hockey from when I was like eight until, age 12 or and I played like four three or four seasons a year um so I was really into roller hockey and then I got I dropped roller hockey around 14 13 12 13 um and focused more on golf around age 14 um and basically just loved to practice loved to beat, beat golf balls um Hit them as far as I can, as many as I can, nice. um, occasionally hit up the putting green, but yeah, yeah. we're, you yeah, we're so going nice. to
0: yeah we're going to talk about your putting in a little while. So I don't, I don't believe anything that, about that. What you just said about occasionally <laughs> work on your putting. So you're really competitive and you know, you're saying that it's kind of a product of your environment. You have everyone around you that is pushing you to get better is I mean, was golf your favorite sport? I'm almost thinking that if you were maybe in Minnesota where hockey is, is more prevalent than golf, maybe you go into hockey. Is it that you're just a competition junkie or you're actually a golf junkie now?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely just a golf junkie right now. That's,
0: that's all there is
1: right now. Like I would, I would do anything golf that, anyone puts in front of me, Um, but I might've been a different story if I lived in Minnesota or Canada or something. Um, But yeah, the climate I have and the people I'm surrounded by and where I feel like I'm at in golf, I, I just love it.
0: So I'm kind of diving into kind of your mindset here, you know, is it that you are, have this drive that you want to be better than everyone else, or is that you maybe just don't want to lose to anyone? And I know those are kind of two very similar things, But I've I've seen I I know that you kind of have to channel that anger the right way when on the golf course to get the most out of your game. What's worse for you, not winning or losing to your friends?
1: The getting better than everyone else part is the type of preparation that's like off the golf course or practicing. So whether it's reading a book about golf or writing down your thoughts about your golf game or hitting putts on the putting green, hitting balls, I feel like that's that's kind of where you get better. Um, or at least in my mindset, that's, that's where I've always thought of like, okay, I'm, I'm here to get better. And then when I'm on the course, it's, it's, I'm here to win. Um, I'm, I'm not here to lose. I'm here to win.
0: Right. Um, best golf book you've read recently. Uh,
1: punting out of, punting out of your mind. Yeah. Bob Rotella. Yep. Um, that's, that's kind of, I read, I read golf is a game of confidence. Um, and then I liked it, but I felt like it was more of a, overall golf game and a ball striking book kind of like just kind of overall golf and then putting out of your mind is focused solely on the game within the game which is putting so it it kind of it grabbed my attention and i've read it once all the way through and then um let's see i've read it once all the way through and then whenever i'm not putting as well i usually read it like just bits and pieces of it
0: sure well that's I think it's also great just to kind of unplug a little bit from the physical aspect of the game and actually maybe flex a different muscle and just absorb it. Yeah. So you, we've, we've talked a little bit about your brother, brother Maxwell, twin brother, but we, we, you know, I feel that your, your sister, Abigail, I mean, you, you guys are triplets. I feel that she probably does not get the publicity. So tell me something about your sister. This is her time to shine here on a golf podcast, which is I'm sure just her dream. But, um, but what's the dynamic where you two are really just going at it all the time. Um, how does that dynamic work with your sister?
1: It works. Okay. I don't really see her that often. Um, just cause I'm at the golf course Sure, and that's kind of all where that's, that's all the time that I spend in my life is at the golf course. Um, okay. so I don't really see her that often. Um, I haven't really been able to like develop a close relationship with her, I think, cause there's always been golf and then trying to beat my brother. And that's kind of my focus. <laughs> like at least, at least 23 hours of the day. Okay. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she works at Chick-fil-A. She <laughs> used to work at Chick-fil-A. Well, she's, she's actually had like five or six different jobs. She's um,
0: been fired five times from Chick-fil-A. No, 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 okay, no, no. Okay. No,
1: she's, she's, uh, she's left for better pay five times. Oh,
0: excuse me. Um, So she does,
1: she does very well. She's, I think she's paying for some of her own college education. Um, she helped pay for a car, I think. Um, she's very independent and she sets a good model for me on how to be on how to live without more parental support I guess um, yeah just because she's really good at living she's really good at like supporting herself um, as an 18 year- old girl yeah uh, might be, but she is, she is very good at that.
0: So that opens up a lot of questions about just the competitive nature between you and your brother Maxwell. Now, obviously, we can you know clearly say that that twenty twenty uh, was your year when it comes to junior golf? You know, winning four times, uh, you know, at, in AJGA events. So you, you had the upper hand on on him this year. I know that he's had other success against you in previous years, and you guys go back and forth all the time. How do you kind of I mean, it's kind of an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, you always want to go full throttle all the time, like you said, of beating your brother. But then again, there is that, you know, you have to realize, hey, we are brothers. And, you know, at the end of the day, we have to kind of coexist and, and, you know, live with each other and and be brothers. So do you guys, you know, how do you manage that? Do you maybe just kind of calm things down when you're not on the golf course? Or is it just always, you know, twenty four seven, just going at each other? Um.
1: I think it's, it's like mainly competitive. We've been playing together a lot recently. So it's been like, we come home from the golf course and one of us is a little bit angry than the other. Cause we, right. we lost to the other one. Um, and so I usually just go up to my room and do homework um, no matter what, and don't really talk to him um, just cause yeah, I'd rather just focus on my own stuff but it's, it's a really competitive environment on and off the golf course. I think at least for me, I'm focusing on, on golf all the time, even when I'm at school. And so that's, that's always in the, in my mind. Um, and so I don't, I don't really, I don't really think there's, there's much time for like, for me to calm down right now about it. Um, sure. Just cause like, it's so it's so I'm so heavily invested into having golf at the forefront of my mind and um, like having having competing against him uh, most days. So it's hard. It's, it's hard to calm down. Um, but sometimes I'll I'll be like, all right, think about something else, like <laughs> talk to my girlfriend or talk to talk to FaceTime one of my bros or something like that. And just just get my head off of it. Um, but it's it's a competitive, competitive environment for sure.
0: Um, this might be a dumb question, but I was just on Facebook. Now, Facebook is a social media platform that, that old people use. I just want to let you know. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm watching this like 15 year old kid. He's like live streaming a video game of him driving 18 wheelers, which just, I can't wrap that around my head, but, um, (laughs) I I'm guessing that I'm just dumb question here, but I'm guessing there isn't a video game anywhere remotely close to you at any time uh
1: no there's not i'm terrible at video games Uh some of my friends will come over um or i'll go over to their house usually and like if they ever start playing video games i would try and i'm so competitive that i be good at a video game but i'm just i'm just terrible at it like there's no other explanation that i just didn't get the practice when i was younger yeah um and yeah, I just I need I need a little bit more work on that
0: aspect. I think you can. I think I don't think you need to go down that road. It's uh, I think you're, you stand the road you're on. You're doing just fine. Um, yeah, I I kind of the same thing. When when the controllers um, had more, when they went from more than two buttons, like when it went from two buttons to like four buttons, that's when I was like, yeah, I'm done. I I, I, I can't figure this out. There's
1: like there's like ten of them. Right. Or so there's more. The, and there's the triggers
0: oh. triggers on the back end and all that crap. Yeah, I, I've, I've yeah, I was done. Um, uh, no, I think, I think you're focusing on, on the right thing, but like, have you ever bothered to maybe just like sit back and think to yourself, why is, am I so damn competitive? Like, like even both you and your brother, when it comes to whether it's golf or, uh, you know, ping pong or anything like, like you, like you just said, you're like, this is all, this is all I'm doing. I mean, I take care of my schoolwork. I balance everything, but yeah, all the time. It is just like, I want to get better. That's, that's your main goal right now. It, have you figured out where that started from? Um, I it's like, like most kids can, or most 17, you know, 18 year olds and like, Hey, you know, I finished seventh this week. Nothing wrong with that. Some, you know, someone had a better week, you know, I played well, I'm guessing seventh is just not going to do it. I mean, you're going to be pissed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hope I'll be pissed. I better be. Right. Um, yeah, I think that, I think. A lot of it is my parents and my brother. Um, it's not necessarily how it, it's not. It, my parents were always very um, like hands off when it came to golf. So um, they would drop me and my brother at the course and they wouldn't, they wouldn't give us any pointers on golf. They wouldn't, my mom and dad, my dad got me into the game, um, but they wouldn't give us any pointers on golf. They wouldn't tell us how, where to go, what to practice, anything like that. Um, so, and it was kind of like that with, with most sports, um, whether it was baseball or played lacrosse for a little or hockey, obviously. Um, but they, they kind of let us do our own thing. And I think they wanted to, they want to let us build the, our love for the game independently. Um, so if you're, if you're doing something, I believe that if you're doing something and it's just, it's just, um, you're the only one doing it you're the only one pushing yourself. Um, you have a choice to go to the golf course. You have a choice to do your schoolwork. Um, I think you're gonna, you're gonna like that more than if someone else is telling you to do it. Um, so that's how it always was with my parents. They would just let me and my brother go and compete, do whatever we want. Um, and so I think the love for the game made me want to win more. Um, and it kind of helped with everything, but, and then also having my brother there helped obviously um, made me mad when I lost and it was personal. So yeah, it was, I, I just, I owe that one to my parents, I think um, especially in my early days or like young teens.
0: Well, it's a great lesson too, because I'm sure as, I mean, I've seen it, whether I'm around, you know, amateurs and junior and collegiate players or even locally here down in South Florida, I, I you know, will go look at a junior tournament or, or go watch an event and I'll see that, you know, it, you can kind of almost tell when, you know, a kid has pressure on him from outside and obviously it can come from different areas and come from, Oh, I got to play well. Cause I got to get this scholarship to play in college, or I got to shoot this score and, and it all comes from different areas. And I think it's, it's a great lesson for people listening to really think about, okay, what's going to set up the child for the best possible result. Um, Another thing I wanted to ask you is like a lot of a lot of kids I can see they get a little more more nervous when the, when their parents are around. And yeah. I know your parents uh, go go to a lot of your tournaments. I'm sure they go to mm-hmm. most of them other than, unless you and uh you know Maxwell are in different events. I'm not sure how many times that's occurred, but I'm sure that can kind of set a little wrench in the uh, the travel schedule, but how was there ever a time where you were uncomfortable playing in front of your parents or family or friends? Um, no, uh,
1: that's something that I think I'm blessed with. Um, just cause my dad, my mom, especially my dad, um, he knew he played golf. So he knew he was very good at golf. He shot 64. He beat his age by two, like three years ago, oh, two and a half years ago. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: So he shot 64 and yeah, do the math. Um, but he, uh, so he played golf. He kind of knew what was acceptable, what went on in the golf world a little bit. Um, but he I never really I never really cared about like I was never really playing well for my dad like he took me to the tournaments Uh, my mom took me to the tournaments whoever it was Um, but I was trying to play well because I had put some something into the game for myself like I didn't know that at 13 years old 14 years old but I had practiced a little bit I had going to the tournament and I wanted to win for myself.
0: That's, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to teach that, isn't it? I don't know. My parents, I think they, uh,
1: they're, I'm, I'm blessed with, with good parents golf wise. Definitely.
0: Who's the better, uh, well now here, you know, so let me ask this one to you, you know, the, you have, like you said, you're trying to balance everything. I'm glad you mentioned that you're up there basically, you know, taking care of the schoolwork, because obviously as you uh, go to the next level, uh, if you don't, don't make the grades and obviously you're not going to see the golf course too much. Um, how do you balance everything as far as, you know, there's, there's the nutrition piece, there's, you know, get, staying physically fit, got to get your grades done, or you got to get your schoolwork done, got to, you know, have time to practice. Um, do you, you know, do you set out, you know, what each week looks like for you? Are you a planner? Or are you just more of a product of routine? How do you kind of set yourself up where you know what time you're going to be spending handling schoolwork or handling being in the gym? How do you go about planning out your week?
1: Um, well, if I had school in the summer and the days in the summer are 13 hours long, something like that, then I'd be at the golf course for probably at least 12 of them or 13 of them, just because that's the only thing I want to do. Like nope. truthfully, like people call me, people call you crazy for being at the golf course for 12 hours, but I would rather do that than hang out with my friends or do school work just because I love it more than I'll love Like, this is not a knock on my friends, but I love golf more than I love my friends, Um, at least some of them, Um, and especially more than I love schoolwork. Um, So I'll be at the golf course for that's kind of my main priority is as long as I love the game of golf, then I'm going to be at the golf course doing what I love because it's it, it, it affects me in no negative way. Like, if that's where I want my life to go, then why not put a lot into it? Um, and school, like school follows that, obviously I have to get my school done. Um, but I think a lot of it is setting your priorities. So if, if you want to, if you want to have fun with your friends and that makes you happy, that will be the the best way to make you happy in your life. Then you should plan around that. Um, but for me, it's just golf and I plan around, I, I, it's not necessarily planning, but it's, it's like, I do, I play golf and then everything. Everything else, else fits in. I try, they, they fall into place, kind of. I try to get them all done. Um, so, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you're prior prioritizing your time, and uh, basically, like you said, you're you're putting most of your time into what you care most about. Um, I know that the junior golf career is coming to an end, but, um, again, you have this great 2020, and I'm not going to hit on every single tournament, but you won four times. I, I have to ask you about the Rolex Tournament of Champions. This is right up the street from my place. It's at PJ National and Palm Beach Gardens. Yeah. And, you know, you win this tournament by seven, shooting 69, 65, 62, 68. Um, you beat your friend Tommy Morrison by 15 shots. That has nothing to do with my question or this part of our conversation. <laughs> but, I, but I know Tommy's listening. And I didn't want to think want him to think that we were forgetting him. So I just want to mention that you beat hey, Tommy. Yeah, see, I want you to mention that you beat Tommy by 15 shots. So for what I've seen and heard about this event, it's kind of like an end of the year get together. You know, you're all staying at the resort, you know, play a little golf, play a little ping pong, hop in the pool. I mean, it sounds like, you know, kind of like summer camp for a week, but it's in December. Um, how do you kind of, Push, i mean i guess i already know the answer to this but you push all that to the side and you just literally boat race everyone um i'm guessing you went into that with just i just want to win this thing that's this isn't i'm not here for the fun and for the you know seeing everyone I, that that can wait i gotta go take care of business
1: yeah um well i hadn't seen my girlfriend amanda sandbach I hadn't seen her in like Name drops. Good job. The Go wait,
0: yeah. See, that's smart. We yeah, we we mentioned Tommy. You got to at least mention her in this too. So that's smart. <laughs> that's, that's smart. Yeah.
1: So I hadn't seen her in a while, um, so I, I wanted to spend time with her, and she was playing in the tournament. Um, but I wanted to spend time with her. I wanted to see all the guys. Um, it was all my friends were there. Um, it was yeah. It was a, it was a great week socially, and I think the main the main reason why I was able to uh, push all the not distractions, but have the fun times and have the, the on course focus times. Um, I think it was cause I was, I was just, uh, I was a little bit angry um, that I didn't, I, I knew I wasn't going to win Rolex player of the year. Cause I wasn't ranked number one. Right, um, Kelly Chin rightfully deserves that a hundred percent. I mean, he played great for, for the entire year. It was it was a, it was a sight to behold. Um, but I was a little angry because I felt like I was the best player to never win Rolex player of the year. Um, and I felt that, but I felt like if I went to Rolex and I swept the field, I left, I left nothing out there. Then people would it's a realize that it's I'm, made a I am, I'm the best player to never win Rolex junior player of the year. And Phil won it. Tiger won it. And like, Fast forward ten years. If I'm the guy who beats Tiger's record in a tournament, and they're like, "Who is this kid?" Let's 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 look at his career. Not that anyone would do that. Let's look at his career. Okay, he had a good he got he had a good junior career. He didn't win Rolex during the Player of the Year. Tiger and Phil did. So I kind of it kind of gave me a chip on my shoulder. Um, I was a little angry, and it, it helped me to focus a little bit more. Made me a little bit more nervous for myself, um, and helped me to focus. I think.
0: I heard a little bit about, of course, when we were, I think right after that tournament, you and and Tommy and everyone was kind of heading back to the Merido Amateur. So I I was there before you guys got back. But from what I heard about that, it wasn't like these scores were shot because you were, I mean, I'm sure there were several iron shots that you were, you know, stuffing in and having a lot of tap in birdies. But I also heard there were quite a few just, you know, roadmap 20 and 30 footers that you were just dripping in the entire time. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm guessing that that's not the first time where you get hot with a putter for people that, you know, I mean, you're shooting 65 and 62, but there's people that would shoot 75 and 72 and they would consider that a fantastic day for them where they get on a great run. So it's all relative to what your, your 62 could be the same as someone's 82. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what is, I guess, how do you embrace the fact that you're that you're hot and the putter's hot and keep it going, which is basically how do you stay in the zone? How do you realize that you're in the zone and then keep it going?
1: It's one of those things I feel like I remember a lot from the second day. I remember almost nothing from the first day except for my first tee shot where I sliced in the water and made – a six on the first hole of the tournament.
0: Oh, on the par five, then, on the Fazio course. Yeah, yeah and then that, I remember that holds, nothing. That hole's easy, dude. That's really an easy. Oh, horse. it's
1: it's like driver six iron if you rip one, and I went driver three iron, nine iron, and made bogey or something. Oh, it was it was amazing. Great way to start a tournament, really. <laughs> and then I also sliced one. I also like it was basically a hosel six iron in the in the water on hole seven, Fazio that same day. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was good too. I made bogey. I was dropping from 80 yards on a par three where there was not really water in play. But that's okay. I remember those two shots though from the first day. Uh, I'd say I wasn't ready to win the golf tournament the, on the on the first day, um, obviously. But um, for my 62, it was like I remember holes, holes eight, seven, no, holes seven through eleven were the best holes I've ever played in my entire life. And if you ask Brian Lee and William Love about it, they will I don't I don't know what they'll say, but it was it was literally like a gift from God. I have never seen myself do that in my entire life. It was like I was blackout. I made a 25 footer on seven. I think I I almost birdied eight. I made a forty footer on nine, a fifteen footer on ten, all for birdie. And then a fifteen foot on eleven. And then I have five iron into twelve. And I hit like one of the worst golf shots of my life. Like
0: (laughs) it was just you hit the switch and it was all gone. As quickly as quickly as you had it, it was all gone. Yeah.
1: And truthfully, I wasn't I wasn't in the zone for a few shots. You're never gonna have a round that's perfect. It could have been fifty-nine easily. I I flew the green on eighteen. I made par barely made par on a par five. I I parted the next hole. I yeah, there was just so many that that I want to have back. Um, and I think it was more preparation of waiting for a really low round to come because um, I, I felt like I hadn't gone low in a while. Like I have never shot, I had never shot in below 65 in a tournament. And I just felt like it had been a while since I had a low one. Um, and I always talked to my coach about that. And he was like, a low one's coming. And then it was more of just preparation, I think. And it was, it was ready for, uh, I was ready for a low one, I think.
0: How, you, know, you mentioned your coach talk to me a little bit about your coach and then I want to ask you a question so tell me about your, your coach that you're working with right now
1: um yeah I'd, I'd love to he is he, I, it, this is all this is all my belief um, but I've never seen someone know my golf swing so well um, it's like I've been working with him for let's see four years I think um, his name's Chris Moore he teaches at Atlanta Athletic Club. And, um, he, I'll get in these, these phases where I overthink things and see something in my golf swing that might not be right, but I can still really, really play good golf with it. Um, even though it's not perfect and he'll point out a different thing. Um, and I feel like I know my golf swing pretty well, but he'll sometimes come to me with a, a thing that like a, something to work on. That's different than what I, what I thought. And sure. it works, it works every single time. like every time I've trusted him and like right before Sedgefield is a perfect example. I was hitting it terrible. And he told me to just, he, he told me this one swing thought. Um, and I said, okay, I'm going to work on that. It's, it's basically like all or nothing at this point. I, I, I don't know what to do. It's, it's right before a tournament. And so right. I worked on that nonstop for, for two days is all I had. And then I went out and I, I hit it the best I've ever hit it at Sedgefield. And he just, I don't know. He finds a way to communicate information to me that that's understandable. And he finds things in my golf swing and everything. I, I think everything he does is just, it's perfect for me. Um, and I think if there's, if there's anyone out there who wants a golf coach that has taught kids who aren't great at golf shooting the nineties, hundreds, whatever, or people who can, who can go low and, um, he can he can teach he can teach everybody and it kind of it kind of makes me uh makes me angry that none of my friends go to him they always switch to a different coach whenever they switch coaches like they always are taking from somebody and then they switch to somebody that's not Chris um, right and I'm like why didn't you switch to Chris and they're like I don't know how many tour players does he have and oh, he God. has none but um yeah I, I, it's it, I just think he deserves the world and I want I want to work hard for him just because he does so well. Um, yeah, I just feel like he's he's a great coach.
0: That's a, that's a great endorsement. And, you know, the, it, you've kind of hit on it. So, so the, the question I was going to ask you is that, like, you don't need a coach to motivate you. You don't need someone to kind of help you work harder. I would imagine his biggest challenge or the greatest, well, I shouldn't say challenge, but one of the greatest things he provides to you is his method of communication. Because I'm just thinking to myself, if I'm your coach and I'm mentioning something to you, it better be right, or it better be useful, or something that's going to click with you, because your work ethic is so strong that you know you'll go do that. You'll go work on that for nine hours in a row, and it better be something useful. Because if it's not, it could really be a detriment to your game. So I'm guessing that's one of the positives that he brings to the table.
1: Yeah, I think he he either thinks about my golf game when he's not working or when he's not teaching me. Or he just really knows what to say, um, because one time, actually multiple times, I'll I used to have this problem where, well I still do have this problem, where he'll tell me to work on something in my golf swing, um, and I'll I'll work on it, and I'll overcorrect it in like two days, sure. and I'll be the complete opposite thing, and and we we had to find a way to balance that, and the best thing we could could, could come up with was. Get to a point where you're hitting it well um, and then hit draws and fades. it work it both ways. Um, and I think that's I – know, I know it's just for me, but I think I can preach that to, to anyone who wants to get better. If you can hit a draw and a fade, then you can do just about anything with the golf ball that you want um, at any time. And he, he found a way to communicate it to me so it was simple. It was don't focus on your takeaway and your backswing and your footwork. Just hit a draw, hit a fade when you're swinging it well. And yeah, he found a way to communicate that. And there's, there's tons of other examples like with putting. Um, But yeah, he's, he's just done a a really good job.
0: Well, I'm glad you gave him, uh, gave him some publicity and we'll definitely put the link to his website or, or social media links. We'll put that in the show notes of this episode. So we'll definitely do that. Now I couldn't help but notice before we get away from the, the Rolex tournament champions, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Amanda Soundbox playing in the ladies in the girls division, obviously, while you guys are playing in the boys. And I'm looking at this and you, the day that you shoot 62, <laughs> Amanda shoots 74. <laughs> now, were you a pain in the ass to deal with that day or were you? I mean, how did that day go after you both get off the golf course? I mean, let's 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 see if you handled this the right way. How did that go?
1: Um. I mean, we're doing long distance now, so anytime when I'm with her is a good time.
0: Okay,
1: <laughs> no, no matter what, and I think, um, at least I hope that I think that she can see um, how much I love golf and like when I play well or versus when I play bad. It's it's a huge it's a huge sure. impact on my life and my sure. mood, and she does so well with that. She's really good at at understanding that. Golf is golf is my life. And there's like her and then golf and then maybe a few other phone calls with like a friend. But she does a really good job at understanding that I love golf. And so I think she was she was either faking that she was really happy or <laughs> she was really happy. No, I'm kidding. She was she was happy for me. Um and I think she was in a, she was in an okay spot. It played kind of tough that day for the yeah. girls on champ. Um so um, she was in a she was in a pretty good spot i think she was fifth or sixth or something going to the last day um so she was in a good spot it's not like it was it was too bad um week.
0: yeah she has solid week top 10 uh, and she's i believe committed to university of virginia so uh so congrats to her and Boy, I'll tell you what, if there's a time where she shoots 62 and you shoot 74, I just pray that I'm there to witness it. Man, that's, oh. that's going to be so much fun for me to see that. Holy that would be bad. <laughs> oh, come on. No, you'd, you'd be. No, no. that'd be great. That'd be great. There you go. Gosh, yeah. I'm going to walk you through this whole episode. Oh, my God. No, that would,
1: that would actually be amazing.
0: That um, would be so cool. If she, if she did that, yeah. And what did you shoot today, David? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> 12
1: shots worse. <laughs>
0: Nice. So, we're talking about college. Uh, You know, she's going to Virginia. Uh, You and your brother have both committed to uh, your D1 programs of choice. You're going to be at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Uh, Your brother is going to be at University of Georgia. So, I'm, you know, racking my brain. I'm kind of thinking about, at least for reference, um, thinking about the Cooties, you know, Pearson and Parker. They both independently, I believe, decided to go to Texas. So, Mm -hmm. they're going there together. How was that process for you and Maxwell? Was it something that you spoke about? Did you kind of decide we're going to different schools, or did you just kind of both kind of find your own way through the process? I know that's something that a lot of a lot of kids got to deal with, like you know, getting recruited and who's, what coaches looking at me. You know, looking back, what was that process for you and Maxwell?
1: Um, we, I think, at the start, we decided to take it independently. Um, we were both. We were both playing well then. Um, yeah, we were both like, I think, top 10 in the class or something. So we were both being recruited by the same schools. Um, and the coaches, I think especially the UNC coaches, all the coaches did a good job um, of recruiting both, both of us and respecting the other one's beliefs and all that. Um, but the UNC coaches, they they talked with me about, um, about a lot of things, but about whether the recruiting process could be independent because I had a brother. Um, And the way they put it was, so I care a lot about my teammates and the guys who are going to be on the team with me. Um, And that's the same for him as, as you should, those are the guys you're going to be with um, most of the time. And, but I, I I didn't want to make a decision based on my brother um, and like where he went. So, but they put it to me as you have to make a decision based on he go- where he goes because he could be a potential teammate, um, and that was something that opened my eyes. I don't know how I never thought of that before, um, but it was it was hard to talk through just because I was so conflicted because I didn't know if I wanted to go to school with him or didn't want to go to school with him if I wanted time away, and it was it was kind of like that was the only thing I could ever stress about recruiting is whether or not I wanted to go to school with my brother. Um, And eventually, I chose UNC before he chose Georgia. And the coaches at UNC were perfect for me. Andrew DeVito and Matt Clark—they do a—they—they speak to me in—in a way that opens my eyes about any any topic. It's—it's pretty cool. Um, But my brother chose Georgia. I think a month after me, a little over a month after me, Um, and he was his top two were UNC and Georgia, and he was still looking at UNC. I think. It was a good program. He liked the program, but he was still looking at UNC mainly because I went there and it'd be a, it'd be a, a really good 2021 class. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was kind of interesting though. It was definitely a learning experience.
0: And, and how were your, I'm guessing, you know, you've talked about your parents in a way where they kind of maybe like let you guys, you know, make the decisions, you know, but I'm sure that they were involved. I mean, it's one thing for your parents to, you know, be following you while you're playing in a golf tournament, but this is choosing a college. This is a very big decision in, in, you know, a young person's life. How, how were they? Because that, again, like I said earlier, parents of this, of juniors listening to the podcast, juniors are listening to it. Um, You know, how were your, how did your parents help you and Maxwell during this process?
1: Well, in simplest form, (laughs) my mom cared about school because I cared so much about golf.
0: Okay. Smart. Um, which is, which is, yeah,
1: that's what she should have done yep. for sure. There you go. And then my dad, I think my dad kind of just like asked me questions. Maybe they, they helped me through it by letting me like grow my love for the game of golf before. So I knew what I really wanted for golf. Um, like I talked so much about golf. It was a college decision, but I was going there to play golf. Um, and that's, that's all I wanted. And well, that's all I want. And so I think they, they trusted me to make a decision because they saw how much I cared about golf and cared about my future in golf. Um, and I was being recruited because of golf. So right. I think they, my mom was involved in school just cause I think she, I don't know, she cares about me and she couldn't be involved in the golf side of it very well because right. she doesn't know that much about it. But so she, she wanted to be involved in the school aspect and she, I don't know. I put it to her like, I like I'm going to UNC because it's a great golf school. It's a great everything. Um, but I'm also going to UNC because the people there are smart and it will push me. Um, it's a really good education and I'm glad I, I chose a smart school. Um, just, I, I bet my mom is glad too. I know she's always happy that I chose UNC and my brother chose a good school like Georgia, um, edu- uh, academically. Yeah. No. But they, they, they they didn't really do, um, they didn't really influence me all that much. Um, when I was going through the process, they, it basically like i said earlier they they set me out about the golf course and let me do my own thing
0: well you guys are both ending up at really great programs i know that um i mean gosh and and you guys i think it's kind of interesting how you know you're both in different conferences you might see each other at some invitations, but for the most part the only time that you're really going to collide would be in a national championship and um hey let's see if that happens that would be uh Boy, I don't even want to go down that road of asking about you again. You against Maxwell in match play at an NCAA. Like we don't need to <laughs> That'd go. That'd be Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it would be if uh, you know um, if it all goes down to the eighteenth hole. Then who knows? Um, yeah. What uh, What are some things and and just a couple more then I'm going to let you go? But I I wanted to ask you know there obviously you're making well maybe this doesn't even make any sense anymore because i was going to say like you know there's all sorts of sacrifices that you have to make to really make golf such a priority but is there anything else you'd rather be doing i think i already know the answer to that but is are there things in your life that are not your obviously it's not your sole passion the way golf is but do you have things that literally you do just to kind of unplug and say, yeah, I'm not really the best at this, but um, yeah, I like doing it anyway. Or is that completely foreign to you?
1: Um, no, that's, that's something that I'm, I'm getting better at. One of my goals this year is to have fun more um, like have fun more on the golf course and a little bit off the golf course. Um, but yeah, I went, I went ice skating the other night. There you I, go. Uh, I've actually, I've actually gotten a lot better at unplugging and not focusing solely on golf uh the winter the winter days are the shortened days are a lot easier for me to for me to do that Um, but yeah i'd say i'm i'd say i'm not the worst at, at unplugging and and finding something else to do like playing ping pong or hanging out with my friends or even reading a book sometime just to get my mind off of it a little bit but um yeah there's during the day at least there's nothing else i'd rather be doing
0: Who's better uh, you or Maxwell in ping
1: pong? I don't know. Because I think I'm better, but when I lose to him, I doubt I doubt my uh, my ping pong ability. Only when I lose to him or like JVP. Those are the only two that just make me so mad when I lose to him. Because I think I'm better than him, but I don't have enough practice or preparation to really back that up like right. okay. I'm better than you just because I, I don't put my, my heart and soul into ping pong when i'm when i'm preparing for a ping pong game i don't but like when i'm when i'm out on the, on the ping pong court i'm going i'm going hard yeah but i don't know who's better like i i I, whew, I think i am yeah i don't know we're going to have to have a match
0: well i mean i i i, I kind of like the fact that that seems to be such a a consistent part of junior golf where i guess they have that set up at the rolex and i'm guessing that's set up at other tournaments where everyone's just going at it in ping pong um, you don't throw your paddle or get all vicious and, and frustrated at all, do you? I mean, you, you, <laughs> I, uh, I
1: broke a paddle, let's see, when was it? I broke a paddle, like maybe it was a year ago. I snapped it, I think, or I chucked it really hard at a chair. And so I went that night and bought a new one because I was so angry. There you go. It was like a 45-minute drive, and I went and bought a new one. Um, yep, that's, yeah, a, that's I guess a little I sick. get angry and pong. Okay, really so how do, you,
0: how do you channel the anger on the golf course where it doesn't screw up your game? Because, like, this is nothing uncommon in, in golf where you get mad, you throw a club, or you just get pissed at yourself, and – you know, most of the time it seems to hurt someone's game when they get really upset. And it sounds like you have kind of the opposite, where you get angry, get fired up, and and it helps your game. Has it always been like that, or is that something you had to kind of learn how to control?
1: Um, It's definitely something I've had to learn how to control, and I don't do it always. Andrew DiViteto, one of the coaches at UNC, he always talks about when I hit a bad shot, I start, like, it gives me motivation to hit a a good shot um, instead of like getting down on myself. And that's something that I think back to whenever I, whenever I'm not in the best state of mind or I'm not playing well and I'm not real positive on the golf course. Um, And that's something I think back to, but that's just for me, the main thing I could tell somebody else would be to stay positive. um, Especially when someone else hits a good shot and you hit a bad shot, say, your opponent hits it to a foot on a 220 par three hits it to a foot tap in birdie and you dunk one in the water make five um and you have a negative reaction that will play into your game and help his game um no matter what like it's a cliche thing to say just stay positive but it's something that if you're always working on staying positive then you're gonna see better results i believe the, the results at least for me the results are just going to be better if i'm
0: positive it's a great point you're talking about also where if you you know let yourself get down and your body language is negative yeah everyone sees that and they think all right he's done he's toast yeah
1: like find a find a small victory in a bad shot like yep. you duck hooked one 30 30 yards into the hazard 60 yards offline <laughs> but you, you you almost hit the center of the face that's good or your footwork was good. There you, or go. you didn't have a bad reaction. There's a positive, something like that. The yeah. small victories are, are a step in the positive direction. I think.
0: Great point. Well, David, I appreciate you, uh, stopping by the back of the range. I mean, you had this fantastic, like I said, you had this great 2020 wanted to make sure I got your thoughts on it. And I appreciate a lot of things you shared. Cause as I said, it's, it's things that people will take. They can, uh, you know, take and apply it to their own game. They can apply it to their, to their kids games. And, um, I think you're going to have a great 2021. I wish you the best. And uh, thanks again for stopping by the back of the range. Yeah, of
1: course. Thank you for having me.
0: And there you have it. Special thanks to David Ford for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range. Lots of episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. Make sure you're following along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to listen to any of the previous episodes here at the back of the range, go to the website, thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the back of the range.